Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. Oh, I forgot to say in the last episode, congrats to Haley. Oh, and Landon, yeah. But Haley listens, so mainly yeah. Haley. She had her baby. Yes. Little Brooksy. N- not little. No. Nine pounder Brooks. Not little Brooksy. <laughs> and yeah. Very I love that name though. Such a good him. name. So yeah. He's yeah, congratulations, Haley. We're a super cutie excited. Patootie. So and I can't wait to smush his face. It's the best. It's so fun being a An friend auntie. auntie. Ugh. It's the best. Yeah. You just hang out with them and love on them and then give them back. Yeah. And then say, oh, oh. they need a diaper change. Gotta and then go. just hand them back over. <laughs> oh, they're crying. <laughs> yep. It's the best. Just kidding. I'm trying to be more comfortable with crying babies. They like it when you pat their butts, which yeah. is really weird. That's but good to know. Yeah. That's what I found. Um. Okay. I'm trying to think because last episode we talked about Cindy. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got like right to the that and then to the episode so yep. is there anything else we want to chit chat about it's almost time for school to start again and i'm mm. not ready <laughs> yeah i don't know where i'm being placed yet i'm at wyoming did i tell you that no yeah so i'm back at wyoming i'm back at the school i'm usually at or i was at the last year which is not a guarantee so i'm really happy about that but That's i good. don't know which teacher i'm working with yet i don't know which students i'm with yet i'm really keeping my fingers crossed that I'm going to be with the same kids because I have a relationship with them already, you know? Yeah. So I'm hopeful, but one of my friends was like, well, I've been moved a bunch of times. I'm like, don't tell me that. Yeah. Let me live in denial, please. Like, thanks. Stressing me out. She knows exactly who she is too. She listens. So Um, she's going to be like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) I hopefully you will be. Yeah. And you had a fun weekend. Yeah, two. It'll and be two weekends yeah. ago now. I went up to a friend's cabin for the weekend and we went golfing and went on the lake, went to a bar and did some karaoke. Yeah. It looked fun from the stuff I saw. It was a blast. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys got to do that. Yeah. I was glad I was invited. Yeah. They're a good group. There's, yeah, it was a really good group. group. Really, really fun group of people. I feel like they're the new family, you know? They're like the next generation of the family. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. I love for you guys, but I'm also a tiny bit jealous for me. Also, I was just (laughs) going to say, too, crazy that (laughs) it's been like a year since we went to St. Thomas. Holy cow. Yeah. That was a fun trip. That was a good trip. Time flies. Yeah, it really... Honestly, does Steve is eating something, so I'm a little concerned. And it's over. So, sorry, one of the dogs is eating something, and she shouldn't be. So that bitch. I know. I'm. I got it. Okay. She's Danielle's gonna shove her fingers down the dog's mouth really quick. Oh, she swallowed it. She knows exactly what she's doing. No, I guess it's not my problem. I'm not staying here tonight, so she pukes. Not my problem. Cool. Okay. Great for me. Do you want to <laughs> get into your story? Sure. Um, so my story actually comes with another personal connection for me. 
which if you recall from last episode turned out really well for us last time yeah um i'm actually now that i'm thinking about it really shocked by the lack of coverage on the cindy Edis case like there's not a dateline there's not a 2020 there's not there's a 48 a, there hours. was something was there yeah they they didn't they just came out with it not too long ago did I miss that? No, you, we, you, it was Did like something on the farm. No, you, oh, yes. you're right. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause Take this one already has a 2020. Okay. So, um, and I, da- I think a dateline's coming out soon, according to, to, um, my work friend Laura. She said I could use her name. I tacked. Cool. So, um, thanks, Laura. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, Laura and I got together for lunch or for dinner just to kind of catch up, you know, cause, we got pretty close. She was a long-term sub for a kindergarten class, and it was not an easy kindergarten class. So I was constantly chasing down her kids and having to tell her, like, at recess, X, Y, Z, to ABC and whatever. Um, so we just kind of trauma bonded. <laughs> and so we caught up, and we were talking, and she said something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have, like, a, a watch party about this murder case that I, that I know the murderer. And I was like... Watch party? Oh, excuse me, what? That's fucking sick. Like, I was like, what? Like, for when the dateline comes out? Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> reverse, reverse, huh? And she goes, have I never told you this? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I would have remembered I have a true crime podcast. Yeah. Um. So she told me a little bit about the case of Heidi Fergus. And Heidi is actually already on my list. I just You're didn't. in Minnesota, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um I just didn't realize that I had a personal connection to the Heidi Fergus story. What a small world. I know, it's crazy. So, okay, our story starts on April 25th of 2010 in St. Paul. Nick Fergus was 27 when he told police that he and his wife Heidi were in their upstairs bedroom when he heard someone trying to break into the front door of their house. He told police that he told Heidi to call 911, then got his shotgun from the closet, and they went down the stairs together. Nick told police that Heidi went first down the stairs to escape the house. While they, When they got by the front door, it burst open, and Nick and the intruder fought over the gun. The gun went off, shooting both Nick and and Heidi so it went off twice okay. Nick was hit in the leg and Heidi was hit in the back and she died on scene Nick told the police that the intruder was an unknown black male wearing a hoodie when he was asked to come down and give a description his lawyer told him not to he had a defense lawyer that he had hired and his lawyer was like no no we're not doing that which doesn't I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I can see where this is going. Right. But it doesn't always mean that they are guilty. No. And being honest, if my partner was killed and I was in the right state of mind, I, I would, would lawyer probably up. lawyer up so as would well. I. Just because I know how easy it is to get railroaded. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, you never know. So I just would. I just, yeah. I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but you know what I'm trying to say. That it's suspicious, but not completely suspicious, right? Like, it's understandable, but it's still kind of like, whoa, why do you have a defense lawyer? I wouldn't even say it's suspicious. I would just say. Okay. I would say to police it would be suspicious, but not to me. 
Okay. So. Um, I just don't trust, the, trust his fucking story from the bat. Right? There's weird shit going on already, right? Well, I'm like, what are the fucking odds that the gun goes off two times and it happens to hit both people in the room? And why is she in front of you? Right. If you have the gun, why are you not in front of her? Why is she... Why'd she get hit in the back? Yeah. Great. Lots of lots of weird shit already happening, right? Yeah. Um. So, the lawyer told ABC News, an ABC News reporter, that he had advised Nick against uh, giving a description because he didn't want police to be able to use that time that he was describing the suspect as interrogation time. So, he was like, well, I don't want them having any contact with Nick to hear you know have them say thank you (laughs) have them say like oh well what was happening what was going on what were you and Heidi fight you know like he didn't want to give them the opportunity to question Nick okay (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) I can't believe I just did that Oh my god. Oh, we're sorry, you guys. <laughs> we're, we are not laughing about the story. We're laughing about something that just happened in the room. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so instead of going in and talking to police, Nick and his lawyer hired their own artist and Nick gave a description. So unfortunately, that didn't really lead anywhere. Within two years, uh, Nick had remarried a woman named Rachel Watson. Wow, two years. Yeah. Not the fact that that... I mean, it's kind it's, of fast to, like, get over your grief. Yeah, but my it was more the fact that, like, damn, two years and they didn't have any leads or stuff, like... It's longer than that. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I guess 2010. Yeah. So, uh, Rachel did know about Nick's first wife and how she had been killed, um, but she said in the interview that they just, like, didn't talk about it. Like, that was just something the family didn't talk about. Hmm, I wonder why. Right. So, they end up having some kids together. Uh, three kids together. And they moved into a house that was purchased for them by Nick's parents. Because their credit scores, like, were too low to buy a house. Okay. So, that was kind of their way around it. They paid the mortgage to his parents, who were taking care of it, and then they would just, like, pay them back. And then Nick was supposed to be paying the property taxes on the house. Okay. Like, straight to... The county. Yes, straight to the county. So, one day, Rachel finds a notice that they were delinquent on their property taxes, and not only that, they were at risk of losing their house to foreclosure. Yikes. So, this will come back. So, don't forget this. Can I pause and say something really crazy really fast? Yeah. Did you know that in some places you can actually go online and see who hasn't paid their property taxes? And if you pay the property taxes for them, you essentially own the house. So, people can, like, buy houses, places for, like, super cheap. Because they just pay, like, the, the back property taxes, essentially. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you know this because of work? Or how did you find that I out? I have no idea how I found that out. I feel like it was like TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It could maybe it's not even true. 
Yeah. Well, also, did you know that um, some companies will sell your medical debt to other companies and then you like on, pennies on the bill and then they own your debt so they can charge you more or they can just forgive it. So a lot of people were not a lot of people, but like a good chunk of people started like buying up some of this debt, like some of these richer folks. Oh, cool. And we're just kind of forgiving it. And I was like, God, why can't you do that with student loans? <laughs> Amen, sister. <sighs> it's exhausting. Okay. So, um, I, so I put some stuff in here that I should have put later, but say lovey. Rachel told, ta- was talking to ABC and she told them that she had immediately thought of Heidi's death saying, I didn't know it was, quote, I didn't know that this was happening and I'm living with this person. I have children with this person. And the last time he had problems with finances, a lot of things went wrong, end quote. So she decides to confront Nick and not only does she record the conversation, but she also had a family friend sit in with them while they had their conversation. Smart. I know. I was like, God, genius. Uh, in one of the recorded conversations, Rachel can be heard saying, quote, the fact that you're lying was so easy for you to do in front of me over and over and over makes me think. And Nick says that I could murder my wife. And she says, yes. So they get divorced in 2018. Ooh, good for you, Rachel. I know. She seems like a. She, like, had her head on her shoulders and was like, red flag, red flag. Right. So, at the time of her death, Heidi and Nick's house was under foreclosure. They needed to be out of the house literally the next day. Oh. And that was something that came as a surprise to Heidi's friends and family. They were certain that if Heidi had known that their house was under foreclosure, she would have told someone. I was was just going to ask, do you think she knew? The consensus is no, that she had no idea. Um, Nick, they said that they had a, quote, very traditional relationship, end quote, which they meant to say that Nick was in charge of, like, the finances and Rachel was in charge of, like, taking care of the house. Right. Which would not work for me because of shit like this. Like, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, our parents even kind of have an arrangement like that where... Oh, I'm sure a lot of mom people do, worries to be about honest. like mom, dad pays mom for the bills and then mom takes care of all of you know yeah. like they just and I, you're right I'm sure a lot of families have that but like to be so in the dark I feel like those like maybe a lot more common like with people our parents age right I feel like nowadays like it's not as common like, I have a couple of friends who literally have never they've been married for like over ten years and they still have their own bank accounts yeah like they haven't even merged their bank accounts right and I was like honestly that's kind of smart. I don't know if Allie and John did. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Because, like, why? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyways, um, they just kind of, how they phrased it was that, like, it wasn't her business to know what was going on with the finances because that was Nick's job. This so, it's, it's kind of funny because literally this past weekend we were having this conversation about man's job, men's job and woman's job. Mm-hmm. It's like finances man's job like really just unlike you know lawn care man's job (laughs) like we just had this conversation where things are like stereotypically right man's job woman's job (laughs) right like doing laundry woman's Woman's job job. yeah Yeah. dishes woman's job yeah cooking 
normally woman's job not at our not house. Our house but <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh let's see her heidi's brother said that after the dust had settled quote everything nick was telling us betrayed who i knew my sister to be the fact that he had the audacity to peddle a story that was so obviously inconsistent with heidi's character was and still very much is insulting and offensive to me and everyone else who actually knew and loved her end quote which is like goosebumps quote like holy shit yeah Police also found out that the couple had been in debt of over $1,500. And so at this point, there is a new sergeant on the case. Her name is Sergeant Sipes, I believe. Uh, Nikki, I think is her first name. And she reaches out to the FBI to have them analyze the phone call. that he- So Heidi did make a phone call to 911. There were two phone calls that night. The first one is Heidi, and you can tell that she sounds scared. Like, you know, you, I hate, and I've said it before, I hate 911 phone calls. I hate them so much. On Snapped, I hate them. Anywhere. I just hate them. And in this one, you can, you know, her voice is really low, and she just sounds really stressed. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, she. you can just tell she's scared. You can hear it. And then at the end of the call, you hear a gunshot. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, makes me want to throw up a little bit. It just is so horrible. And then after that, like, two minutes later or something like that, Nick calls. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, my wife, you know, I rule. So in the first call, Sergeant Sipes has the FBI analyze it to see if they can hear a third person, a.k.a. the intruder in the call, the FBI says no, they can't find any noise of a third person. They also reconstructed the scene and demonstrated or determined, sorry, that the shots that hit both Heidi and Nick were most likely not accident accidental, sorry, or ones that were in the middle of a struggle for the gun. So things are just piling up on on Nick and they don't they don't look good. So police also released the sketch of the man that Nick said shot him and killed Heidi. A community member points them in the direction of a man named Michael Pye. Oh, no. Fortunately for Michael Pye, and unfortunately for Nick, Michael was in jail on the day of Heidi's murder. (laughs) So your alibi cannot get tighter. Right. Right? Like, hospital is probably one that couldn't get much tighter. We're literally, like, out of the country. Hospital, out of the country, jail, jury duty. (laughs) <laughs> there you go yep there you go those are those are the ones that'll uh keep you good so pretty damn good alibi there another thing that police noticed after taking another look at the crime scene photos was that there was a small table on the side of the front door and the table had like you know like knickknacks it's like a front entryway table where you'd like have oh, something shit. for your keys yeah. or you know you throw your bills there whatever and it's completely undisturbed. Right. So if there had been a struggle. That would have been. In a front entryway. In a house. So they lived um, over by like Hamlin. Oh, So man. So those houses are not typically huge because they're older houses. Yeah. You know. So now that you kind of have that picture of what that stereotypical house over there looks like. It's not a big entryway. It's yeah. not like you're walking into a living room. You're walking into like 
a small hallway with maybe a closet. Right. So the fact that if there was a huge, this big fight over the gun right there, it probably would have been more noticeable than that, right? Yeah. Police also found that there was nothing pertaining to the foreclosure of their home that had Heidi's signature on it. So just more evidence that she probably had no idea. During the trial for first degree murder, it was revealed that only DNA, the only DNA on the gun was Nick's, but his lawyer said that the intruder had been wearing gloves and that they had only been inside the house for a few seconds, which was why there wasn't any DNA from Michael on the weapon. On February 10th, 2023, after around four hours of deliberations, Nick was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life without parole. Now, in Minnesota, when you are sentenced to life without parole, you are given uh, automatic, like, um, not an appeal, but, like, they have to, like, review everything again automatically because, like, that's basically a death sentence. You know, you're, you're not getting out of prison. Yeah. So that has been triggered. That'll happen more than likely nothing will change um so laura was telling me that after he'd been arrested in 2021 he was out on bail and she was invited to a party with her fiance at a mutual friend's house and nick was there what she said that he'd given her a hug and that she and her fiance were like nope 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 nope. we're getting the fuck out of here like they were like we're staying 15 minutes and we are gone like this is not okay we're not okay with this so wait how does she know him i don't no, I'll tell you fine. off air. Okay, that's I, fine. I just... Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. So, she said that... Okay, she also said that mutual friends of theirs believe that Nick is innocent, obviously, because otherwise he wouldn't have been invited to their little party, and that his family also believes that he's innocent. Laura told me that their mutual friend even went on stand to talk about Nick and was a character witness for him. Some of the mutual friends have been interviewed by Dateline in 2020, but after looking into this myself, talking to Laura and listening to the 2020 episode, I honestly don't see how they could believe that he didn't do it. Do it. Yeah. I, it's just, there's literally, so there's no like physical evidence other than the lack of DNA. But again, that, that can be explained away. I can understand that like somebody wiped down the gun, somebody you know had the gloves on whatever but to me there's nothing if I was in the jury there's nothing that was presented or that I found that would give me enough cause for doubt like I just don't I think it's bullshit that he didn't do it so um let's see Ramsey County Assistant District Attorney Elizabeth Lamon told 2020 that they believed the motive was, quote, wasn't just going to be the loss of his house. It was going to be the realization that he'd lied to his wife and he had lied to his friends. He had lied to the community for many years, end quote. And he was, like, pretty prominent in his church. And, I mean, so was she. But for someone who really values that, that could be... Yeah. Really damaging. Those were the words I was looking for. I felt that it was important to add what Heidi's friends and family said about her. Her mom said, 
Quote, she imagined that Heidi would want to be remembered as someone who did her best to live out her faith and did it in a way that made others feel loved and affirmed. End quote. Her friend Jesse said, quote, she was goofy, yes, but also deep. She loved to have fun, but was also sensitive and not afraid to be vulnerable and have real conversations, end quote. So she seems like she was a really sweet person. Yeah. And he seems like a coward. I agree. So I just thought it was so crazy because Laura was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a story for you. And I was like, what? I love that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I mean, they say that you cross paths with don't somebody. Don't want to know it. I don't know what the stats are, <laughs> but. Nobody. <laughs> Ever. It's like the spider stat. I don't think I know that one. Uh-oh. That I don't you... need to know. Nope, I don't okay. need to know. Thank you so much. I don't <laughs> like spiders. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and you're like, well, I have to live with it, so I'm going to tell you. Yeah. No, don't tell it so my sources were abcnews.go.co.com, uh, www.twincities.com, and the 2020 episode Stranger in the House. Awesome. That was released probably within the year. Okay. Um, our socials are mwmenispodcasts on Instagram and Gmail. What is this voice? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking delusional. Okay. And Rinvest Madness podcast group on Facebook. That was hilarious. Thank you. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go to bed now. You guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.